Thank you all for coming. Man, it's uh, God's so good. God's so good. All right, let's just dive in. I want to I go quickly so that we can get on to, to taking this. Um, I do want you to know you're going to take it tonight and we're going to take it right back. You're not going to know how to score it. We're going to score it for you and this is going to be a process. Okay, you can definitely have it back, but we want to get it to compile the information and then be able to start talking um, about you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Let me get caught up here. I've fallen behind. Um, let me just say, it has been, I don't know how long it's been since I've been out in the congregation during worship, but man, our worship team is awesome. They are, y'all are awesome. And sound guys, words guys, y'all are awesome. Y'all are right on it. That was so good. Amen. That was, I, I went back to Joe and I'm like, wow, <laughs> man, this is good. I don't, I don't think they need me. <laughs> That's not a good thing for me to, my ego uh, and, and my, my personality. That didn't work very good. You realize they don't need you anymore. All right. The perfect fit, knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. Understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Every man has his proper gift of God. Every person. Every child of God. Every child is gifted naturally. And every child of God is gifted supernaturally. And God gives every one of us a good gift. His or her personality at conception. And those God gives everyone who trusts him as, his, as savior the exact gift that he or she needs at their new birth. But I want you to know that God only gives good gifts. Have, have any of you ever gotten a bad gift? <laughs> God doesn't give bad gifts. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. James chapter 1. And it, scripture tells us that God gives us these gifts so that we might be the fir his first fruits of his creation. That's the next verse. And our giftedness reflects the, the unique way that we think, feel, and act. It is the way that God has made or wired us. Identifying our spiritual giftedness is key to understanding our function in this world, our function in relationship, our function in the church. Understanding our giftedness. The Lord desires to bless and benefit us by us using our giftedness for his glory. But he wants us to learn how to do this within the confines of his body of believers. Your gift is not just for your work. Your gift is for the body. Your gift is for the church. You have a part to play in furthering the kingdom of God. You are called to that. But unfortunately, so many times we compare ourselves to others. You know, it's hard it's hard in a, you know, we've got four children. It's hard not to compare, isn't it? You have one child and you expect the second child to be like that first child. And for some reason, they're not at all. But if you remember from our marriage conference, they're not bad. They're just different. 
What you think is normal was normal, but now this is the new normal. The way my daughter and my son act is their normal. That's how they are. They don't know any better but to be like that. And if we will look deep, we will see God made them that way for a reason. Rita Marie can reach someone that Pete can't. And Pete can reach someone that Rita Marie can't. God made them that way. God didn't mess up when he made me. (laughs) Even though many of you may battle that, he didn't. He didn't. God wants us to learn how to set the focus of our hearts on him, not on others. We should constantly examine ourselves in order to sharpen our focus on his will and his way for our lives. Now, the point of tonight, the point of this series, the point of this part, this kind of portion that's going to take about three or four weeks, is to introduce you to some tools, some awareness of how to measure the way that you are affecting your environment. Because so many of us are filled with life. We're filled with juice. We're filled with power. We're filled with anointing. We're filled with all kinds of really good stuff. But if we're not paying attention to the way that other people are experiencing us, then we end up with a problem. And that problem is a lack of self-awareness. The lack of really knowing what it is that helps strengthen and vitalizes my environment. And what it is that I do in my life that drains my environment to where I become a huge sucking sound everywhere that I go. Do you have anybody in your life that whenever they come into the meeting, they remove all the air out of the room? That's what I'm talking about. It shouldn't be that way. Let me tell you, I have been that person. When I show up, all the air goes out of the room. I have really battled this myself. So what I want to do is talk about how do we learn about who we are? what our strengths are, the advantages that we bring, and in doing so, learning how to be ourselves, giving ourselves permission to be ourselves. Do you hear me? The Lord wants to give you the permission to be who he made you to be. The world would try to talk you out of it. Try to hold your head underwater so that you suffocate that personality. That personality was made by God. We need to get your head above water. Finding out what's strong in our lives and finding out what's lacking to the point that we can begin to build effective teams around us. How we can learn how to play to the strengths of the team by valuing people who are different than us. Do you know if you can find value in your team, your team will grow? Classically, people who are different than us irritate us. I would never do it that way. I would never do it for that reason. I wouldn't look like that while I was doing it. As as I was studying today, I, I started to think, Elizabeth and I do a lot of things very differently. 
And one thing that just jumped out at me, now I know things will jump out at her, but she doesn't get to talk tonight. You can. You can. But grocery shopping. And I have learned that even though my grocery shopping is superior to hers, my grocery shopping takes a third of the time, spends a third of the money, but my children can't wait for mom to go to the store. And that kind of hurts. One of my kids go, so dad, do you map out the store? If you searched hard enough into my computer, you would probably find a layout of Walmart. I'm not kidding. It's there. I don't remember where it is, but I did it one time. And I, I provided it to Elizabeth, and I'm like, look what I did. And she's like, I don't want that. What do you mean? This is the perfect system. I would never do it that way. I would never do it for that reason. And I wouldn't look like that when I did it. And you irritate me. And you should be more like me. And until you're more like me, you're going to irritate me. Now, is that the truth? Look at your spouse and say, yeah, I get that. Anybody here, besides the married people, I know you are your answer, but anybody here have roommates? It's not difficult to have a roommate that doesn't do things like you do. How many of you got married and realized your spouse doesn't do things like you do? I don't understand why you do it like that because this way is so much better. Why does the toilet paper have to roll under? It should roll over. <laughs> I'd never thought about it, but there's only one good reason for toilet paper rolling under. A child can't unroll it. A toddler. They'll sit there and... But that's the only reason why you should do it that way. When we, when we wind up with people that we don't get, we have this difference. We get stirred with anxiety and our relationship connection gets challenged. Even my value for you is challenged. Because people that don't remind me of me, I struggle to find value. And this happens all the time. And so many times this comes down to honor. Listen to what honor isn't. Honor isn't, I celebrate the me in you. That's not honor. Honor is something that I leave on all the time and that everyone crosses paths by me gets hit by it. And one way that we can justify turning our honor off is when we find people that are different when we disagree or we don't understand someone else and we begin to pull away and we begin to devalue their input, we devalue their contribution and we devalue the relationship. So us understanding the context of how we are wired as the body of Christ is as how we are this moving, breathing entity that is comprised of so many different parts as Paul the apostle told us about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12. 
He's basically trying to say there are so many different parts, but these parts are vitally important in the way that they function together. And this is where we've got to begin to look outside of ourselves and say, what is valuable? Because some body parts will never get the other body part. I just don't get you. I don't understand you. And I've never seen the strength that you bring. So many times, just with the human body, what do we notice? We notice the eyes. Oh, you've got beautiful eyes. Oh, you've got beautiful blue eyes. Oh, you've got beautiful brown eyes. Oh, I've never seen two eyes, two different colors. But you never hear somebody come up and say, man, what a set of kidneys you've got. Did you see those? Man, he's got the kidneys. But you remove those kidneys and what's going to happen to the eyeballs? It's going to have effect, even though you don't see it. We don't value the kidneys until we lose the kidneys. What this, this whole plan is, is to find out what you rock at. Find out what others around you rock at and learn how to work together. How to contribute effectively as a team. So, tonight, the journey, we start a journey tonight in the depths of you. <laughs> We're going to begin with your personality type. What is your personality type? What is your strengths? What are your challenges? How do we work with you? <laughs> How do you work with me? And how can we effectively work with others by learning other personality types? Then, after we finish this, and this is going to take me two or three weeks, three or four weeks, we're going to go into the Romans 12 motivational gifts. And we're going to study those, and we're going to take some little short tests each week to find out what is your gifting, your spiritual gifting from Romans 12. And then by the time we finish all that, I believe the Lord is going to be speaking to you. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you about getting you placed specifically in the body. Getting you placed in the right place in your marriage. Learning how to connect with your children and understanding your children. Your spouse understanding you. Isn't that good? Are you excited? All right, tonight we're going to do DISC, D-I-S-C. Where am I? Oh, I got it, I got behind on my PowerPoint. All right, a little bit of history behind the test we're going to take. William Marston first introduced the DISC model of human behavior in 1928. This is for the C's, by the way. You don't know that you're a C yet, but this is for the C's. Those that, that are thinking, where did this test come from? Was this just something he pulled off the internet? Because even though most people would say everything on the internet is true, it's not true. So where did this test come from? So this is for you that want to know the information. Mar Marston took Hippocrates' Greek titles, which included 
you're going to be familiar with these, choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, phlegmatic, and melancholy personality types, and assigned simple, single DISC letters to each. Understanding the four quadrant model of human behavior, which I'm going to give to you next week, can help explain why people do what they do. These insights can make the difference between right and wrong responses and the best and the worst behavior in any situation. I don't know how many personality tests that you've taken in your life, but DISC is a, is a well-known test that we as a staff have been using for a few years. There are cheap ones, there are free ones, but you know you get what you pay for. This one is not free. Um, but, as, but as we begin to move ahead in our leadership, in, our, in us being a part of a team, it's really helpful for you to understand yourself so that you can better express what it is that you need and what it is that you do so well. And let me tell you, your team needs to know what you're good at. Your team needs to know what part you play. It's not just so you can understand the people that you're working with, but so that they can understand you. For those of you that your spouse didn't come but, but wants to come, I will send you home with a test. Just make sure you get it back to me. So what does DISC stand for? I'm almost done. DISC is essentially dominance, influencers, steadfast, and conscientious. These are four types that most people are, but they're not normally just one. They're usually some blend of them. But there is usually one that is more prominent than others. That's why it's important to find out which ones of these pop for you and which ones jump to the top. Father, bless us. Just ask you to bring us back safely next week, Lord, and help us to grow together, learning what each other is and learning to see value in each other and in ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great night.